Can children be assholes? <laughs> That's my existential question that this case brought up for me. Welcome back to Petty Crimes, a true crime comedy podcast that exclusively investigates non-crimes. <laughs> my name is Griff. And I'm Kira. Hey, Kira. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? I have a question at the top of this episode for you. Hit me. Sometimes people spell my name or ask me mm-hmm. if Griff has one or two Fs. Yep. We've had a few emails. That's funny. I almost just said my name was Kira with two Fs. <laughs> just to fuck with you. Oh, we're on the same wavelength, girl. But, and, you know, I have a unique name, so it, it takes explaining. I've accepted that. What happens when someone emails you K-I-R-A instead of C-E-A-R-A? That never happens. Really? Yeah. Should check her inbox. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, a few of our listeners. Oh, that's so funny. And so when you get like verbiage or written verbiage that way, do you correct people you're working with like in your business? I mean, your name's your name. You're building a brand on your name. Yeah, no. no? I don't know. Okay. I mean, no, my, my biggest issue is my, yours is always the spelling. Is it one F or two? Mine is the pronunciation mm-hmm. having to make it sure. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because people say Sierra. Mm-hmm. Is that the most common one? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. All the time. I saw my manager was writing an email to somebody and he had to forward it to me because of something that was attached. Mm-hmm. It was like an audition or something. And I got to see what my manager writes to emails when he's introducing me to somebody new. And he writes Kira, like Kira Knightley in, in, with a punctuation mark. Nice. And I was like, you got my back. The phonetic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. And for anyone listening. Griff with two Fs. And Kira, C-E-A-R-A. But I won't come for you. I will. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I moved out here for, you know, to build up Griff. So it's like, just put an extra F on. Put an extra F on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ready for this crime? I am. Cool. Per usual. This is a good one. Ooh. And it's submitted by a friend of the pod. Oh. And a friend of mine, IRL. IRL. Which means this episode the crime (laughs) (laughs) no this crime has a bonus evidence feature interesting yeah wait for it okay are you ready is there any chance i know this friend of yours no you don't okay different networks yes so you are you're safe to sit on the i thought i knew all of your friends but we'll talk about that later i'm really popular okay hey kira hey griff here's the deal my husband dog, baby, and I live in a small, quiet neighborhood in Massachusetts. I'm not going to say the town, but let's say it's Harvard, Mass. Okay. Or, you know, yep. something like that. Perfect. This is a, yeah, it's a, a Plymouth. A Plymouth. Perfect. We'll go with Plymouth. Let's do it. The neighborhood is all small homes aside from directly next to our house, which is a triplex like a duplex Mm -hmm. with three units. Mm -hmm. Triplex. Is that what triple means? I'm a model. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, the type of people in our neighborhood are all either young families or older retire folks. But this triplex houses characters. (laughs) There's a couple and they're two young kids. Six-year-old boy, let's call him Daniel. And a four-year-old girl. We'll call her Jessica. I don't know how to nicely describe them. 
They're constantly outside, screaming at each other. It echoes through the entire neighborhood. Nasty, yelling, swearing. It can be at 7 a.m., 11 p.m., doesn't matter. The kids are always awake, all the time. I can go on and on and on, but the takeaway should be, it's a mess, and they're a menace to our neighborhood. And if it wasn't raining the day we toured the home, I'm sure they would have been outside screaming, and we honestly wouldn't have chosen to rent here, simply because of them, even though everything about the house is exactly what we need. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. I love the point about the rain. Yeah. Keeping them off of... The lawn. A perfect storm. That's what happens with college tours, too. If you tour a college and mm. it's like ungodly hot or if it's raining or sleeting, it impacts your kid's desire to go to that college. Yeah, it does. Um, I just had this conversation with someone who was about to tour in Boston. I was like, when are you going? And they're like, February. I was like, don't go to tour a college in February or in Boston. make sure you really put it out of your mind. Yeah. Although he did bring up a good point. The father, he's like, that's actually the best time because that's going to be the worst of it. So if you like it at the worst of it, you'll like it at the best of it. But yeah, they didn't know that those kids were lurking in the triplex right? when they toured this apartment. Yeah. <gasps> Fascinating. Mm-hmm. It, gets, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the kids will often come over onto our property, which is separated by a substantial fence. So they have to go onto the street to come over. And when we first moved in, we said hi to them when they came over because I don't know. That's what you do to neighbors, right? Yeah. So they'd come in their yard and they'd be like, hey there, and just kind of let them play. Yeah. But then they started climbing over the fence, throwing their toys over, little Daniel and Jessica. They even brought over a gas can. (gasps) What? In parentheses, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) And we realized at that time, we would not be encouraging this type of behavior. Yes. So when they brought over the gas can, climbed over the fence, we pretty firmly told them to please get down off the fence and take the gas can back to their yard. (laughs) The parents were nowhere to be seen. Oh my gosh. Again, these kids are four years old and six years old. Whoa. Four is young. Six is young too, but four is young. These are babies. Oh. Yeah. Cut to about a month later. It's a Friday afternoon. All of a sudden we hear a loud thud. Upon investigation, we discovered that little teeny Daniel and his cousin had carried over a large rock and they threw it through our basement window. What? And it broke the window. They have it on security camera footage. Oh, my mouth just dropped open slowly. Holy cow. (gasps) Okay. Dang, Daniel. Dang, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Title. (laughs) So our protagonist's husband, we'll call him... Rob. Rob. Boston Rob. Rob. Boston Rob. Rob went over to their driveway where the parents were drinking and clearly not watching their kids and told them what had happened. They tried to deny it, but Rob insisted. (laughs) And eventually they offered to get us a new storm window covering. But they couldn't do it right then because they had been drinking. Okay. So they couldn't go to the store. (laughs) Well, that's good. It's good not to drive and drink, so... Can't fault them on yep. that. Minimal. They're like, I'm really sorry my kid threw a rock through your window, but at this time, to me, personally, I am day drunk. <laughs> it's Friday, right? <laughs> it seems like every day is Friday at this trip. Yeah. Oh, it sounds fun from afar. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob stood there in their driveway until they handed him $40 <gasps> so that he could go in the middle of a work day oh. through 
Massachusetts traffic to find a new storm cover because a storm was coming. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Storms of ruin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this poor couple. Like, Thanks, universe. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they did in a past Honestly, life. Honestly, but... Daniel's also probably a witch or a wizard. Yeah, yeah. he is. This He's... is Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. It is. <laughs> yes. Ooh, say, oh, yeah, this the city that I covered up. It's Salem, Massachusetts. That's where oh, this perfect. took place. Yeah. <laughs> Ripe with witchery. <laughs> so my husband went and got the new storm cover, and he was very clear with the neighbors that they needed to stay on their side and not come over again. Oh, God. This is, uh... This is giving me anxiety. Because, like, you want to protect your space? And I will protect my space. But they're also very much children. <laughs> I know. So I'm uh, confused. The only thing I told Griff about this episode beforehand is that I was considering naming the episode either Lil Criminals or Petty Crimes Jr. Oh, I love that. Maybe we can have them vote. We can put it up early and oh. have them vote on either of those titles. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Are you ready for the third act of this oh story God. or do you have any thoughts right now? Oh. I mean, I have thoughts, but I want to hear the third act. All right. I will. I, it's just, it's tough. Like, it's really hard to reason with kids because the beautiful thing about kids, not that I have any, but I do have nieces and nephews. They see the world in a totally different way, which is admirable. But then also when you need to get like a point across to them, sometimes it's really hard for it to sink in, especially if they're kind of, they've got more of a wild energy and more creative and rambunctious. Yeah. But that's me dealing with them in our house. It'd be a totally different case if my nieces and nephew were like destroying my neighbor's property. Yeah, because you can't you can't yell at them. No, you, totally. you don't get to yell at some of these kids that aren't yours. Yeah. You can't touch them. You can't physically move yeah. them. You're sort of like, please stop. Yeah, or send them to the basement. <laughs> yeah, to do more spells. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Part three. Third act. I have a, a storm's coming. A storm's brewing. This room. Yeah. Uh, dang. Okay. So yeah, get that window covered because. Rain's coming. Anyway. Also, the email keeps saying anyway. I do not okay. keep saying okay. anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Flash forward two days later after the storm window incident and the big heavy rock. <laughs> I was standing in my living room and I could see out the window that Jessica, little Jessica, <laughs> was standing on our front porch. I opened the door <gasps> And imagine my surprise to find her playing on our porch with none other than her mother standing there on my porch watching her. What? Mere days after they broke our window cover and we told them, please stay off our property. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, no. The gas can is not far from the big heavy rock on this one. I have gas can written down in my notes. We will circle back to a gas can, which... I don't know if I've ever seen one before. You know what I'm talking about, though? Like a... Like a like something they throw in the army to, like, gas people out? No, no, like a canister of gasoline. Like, oh, you know, if like you the have... red ones with the yellow spouts? Yes. Okay, well, that's a very different picture in my mind now, so thanks for the hat. You thought this was, like, a weapon of war? Yeah. I mean... I think that's fair. Yeah. Gas canister, the... yeah. Canister, perfect. Okay, yeah. So, like, what you would fill 
to fill your tractor. Yeah. Got it. Still a crazy thing to Still haul crazy. over a fence when yeah. you're four years old, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little cuter to me, but. I mean, it's cuter than like a military-grade gas can. It's so. cuter, but it's still scary. Yeah, it's scary. What are they gonna, what's their plan? Yeah. I wonder if they like drank the gasoline. I don't. Oh. Well, based on our behavior. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so I politely at first asked, oh, hi, can I help you with something? <laughs> and oh, I, hi, what the fuck are you doing here? And I can say, because I know who submitted this crime, I do believe her when she said, Oh, hi. Can I help you with something? That is really what my friend would have said. I forgot that this was one of your friends. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're cut from the same non-confrontational cloth, <laughs> yeah, I can totally. tell you. So the mother's standing there with Jessica on the porch yep. after the owner of the house, your friend, had said... The renter, yes. The renter, excuse me. Like, please don't come on our property anymore. Yep. There <sighs> they are. Ooh. To which the mother, out of the blue, lost her shit No on way. Me. From which all your all the renter said was, "Oh hi, can I help you with something?" Whoa! And the mom lost her shit. Just like zero to eighty. And so this is where we have the special evidence. What? This is my friend performing a dramatic <gasps> reenactment of their confrontation on the porch. Oh my god! You have a voice recording. Oh hi, uh, can I help you with something? Oh my God, what is your problem? She's just a kid. You're so dramatic. You were so dramatic on Friday. Like, what is wrong with you? She's just playing here. Um, wow. Okay. So yeah, she is just a kid, but your kids broke our property on Friday. So I just like to make sure that they stay off our property from now on, just, you know, for their safety. Oh my God. You know what? I'm doing my best as a mother and I'm right here watching her. It's fine. My God, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> so yeah, um, to be honest, I actually just don't want you here either. And I don't think it's unreasonable after literally breaking our window once again, that we ask you not to come on our property anymore. You are such a crazy bitch. You act like you own this entire neighborhood. It's fucking ridiculous. And you just rent this house, by the way. Oh. I own my property and I never once had a problem before. Okay, well, I don't think we're going to be agreeing here. So once again, I think if we just uh, stay on our own properties, we should be just fine. So thanks so much. Bye. <gasps> that breathed life into me. That was epic. We are really scaling up the evidence on this show. I'm like sweating from Keep that. in mind, this is petty crimes evidence. Never would hold up in a court of law. It's <laughs> yeah. just my friend saying both yeah. sides of the conversation from her memory. But still, yeah. it does paint the picture. This is like a dramatic reenactment that is that lives on like the A&E network. And it's... Yeah, when, it's, when we get our petty crimes show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so interesting. A, whenever someone goes from like, like I said earlier, zero to 80, I am just not that type of person. I have definitely encountered people like that. It's just really hard to emotionally manage on your end because there's no like lead in to that emotion. It's just very abrasive and shocking. And you have to consider on your end, and like hopefully your friend, and we just heard, maintained her ground. You have to be like, do I scale up to that 80 and like, like start confronting them as well? Or do I stay back at maybe like a 20 and just kind of keep the situation calm? Yeah. But it's hard when someone's screaming in your face. You mm. don't know how they got to that yeah. level. <clears throat> yeah. Then that happened again. I always bring up the restaurant, but it, it doesn't happen screaming wise. I had an example a few weeks ago of a guy who just like went from zero to 60 way too quickly. And I, it was tough for me to just be like, <sighs> yeah, okay, let's just talk calmly and be rational. So good for your friend. The woman on the recording, renting versus owning, a really interesting point. I think so too, yeah. because initially I, I read this and I was like, 
oh, neighborhood with a bunch of houses, and then there's one triplex, and your issue is with the triplex. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I hope, you know, is there something here with, like, levels of wealth or, you know, class? But it's actually a reversal of what we would have guessed because the triplex is an owner, and these are just renters. For sure. So they have maybe less power. Yeah. So, like, the triplex is maybe a condo that they own, and the renter is in, like, maybe a bigger space. If they have access to the basement. Yeah. That is interesting. But it also like paints a better picture of someone who's been in the neighborhood so long and like mm-hmm. uh, their kids have at least for six years have like enjoyed the space. Maybe they had a different agreement with the previous renters. Maybe they were super close. Yeah. I don't know why it would be destructively close. That's a little bit much, but yeah, totally. Right. I'm not going to rule yet, but like I, I do see the eh, kind of the local kind of like Ah, the renters come and go, but we're here to stay mentality. Totally. And like my kids are used to living life a certain kind of way. Buzz off. But like her being on the porch with her kid is next Mm. step. Um, I I have a couple questions prepared. Okay, perfect. It was at the end of uh, scene three. (laughs) It was. We have a little bit of a like coda at the end, Mm. just a wider context, which is just fun to know. Okay. Which is that the sad history of the, the protagonist and her husband, Rob, is that they've lived in three different apartments and they've always had really bad neighbors. Oh, man. To the point where their friends and family think they're cursed. Yep. And they think maybe, perhaps, it has caused them to have less patience now with mm. the current neighbors. But regardless, my friend holds her ground that the situation was over the top. Yeah, I hear that. I'm a fairly lucky person, I think, just like energy-wise, wah, wah, wah. But I have the worst luck across my life with housing. Mm. Um, I'm at a great place right now, but I definitely have had some really interesting, just after leaving that, my parents' house, like being an adult, even at college, like my yep. dorm room burned down junior year. Yeah. Post-grad. Yeah. You lived just, on Newton and then. <laughs> yeah. I had to live on Newton for anyone listening who went to BC knows what that annexed is. Annexed campus. Totally. And then just, you know, in LA, just full of characters, unless you're living with a close friend, which sometimes you don't get the privilege of doing in LA specifically, it's hit or miss. And I've definitely missed more than I've hit. <laughs> so I, I feel that. Yeah. And, uh, that's rough. So maybe their tolerance for bullshit is drastically lower than most people's. Yep. But uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and blame trauma of housing. No. So interesting. Good context. Yeah. Okay. So my first question, mm. can children be assholes? <laughs> that's my existential question that this case brought up for me. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, my quick answer is yes. And- uh, I think children can be the biggest assholes in the world. I think as you get older, you most most people, I will say, there's a, there are exceptions. Learn certain they they imply certain filters on what they say mm. because they understand that if I say this, it'll cause an effect. If it's good, a good effect. If it's bad, bad effect, and that will affect how people perceive me and want to be around me. Children don't give a fuck. <laughs> They are, it's just, it's both interesting to watch them ask these questions and to be in like the room with them for them. And I enjoy that kind of uh, territory that I don't really, as an adult, live in anymore. Why Why do they look like that? Why does your breath stink? What's that on your face? You know, it's like, oh shit. Like if I asked this to my friends, they'd be like, you're a dick, Griff. And so because of that lack of filter on kids, yeah, they can be assholes. And they still haven't learned behavioral cadences, climbing over someone's fence, throwing a rock at someone's window. Like that shit Mm -hmm. is not acceptable as an adult for most people. So I think just their lack of filter, the filtered lens and like 
what they say is, I think, an ingredient to make all kids pretty the potentially asshole-y. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? You've worked extensively with kids. You've nannied with them. and Yeah. And I, yeah. I worked, I project managed at the, in an early childhood development office mm. at the Institute of Neuroscience. And my feeling, kids boundary test. Mm-hmm. And to me, this, this case is screaming, they're testing boundaries. Oh, yeah. And I, I hold true that I believe that all kids are good kids. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on, I'm like, I don't blame the kids one. That's my perspective on this <laughs> yeah. case that I'm like, yeah, this is. No, totally. But I also am like, but can kids do asshole shit? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. For left sure. and right all the time. Yeah. I don't think anyone is bad by nature. I think. Uh, how Especially you, not kiddos. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but kiddos four and six in case of Daniel or Jessica and Daniel, they are in prime years for absorbing things in their environment, watching their parents and adults in their lives oh, yeah. uh, go through the world and absorbing that behavior. So um, they are products. We are all products of our environment. So oh, yeah. I think behaviorally, yeah, kids can be assholes. I don't think, and because I now have kids that I love very closely in my life, I don't think all kids like want to do that. No, I think it's no, just no. responses. Yeah. And I love that what you brought up, boundary testing, which is, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's such a fascinating I think time. they, I, if I, I mean, we're not experts on anything. No. But I'm like. Made these, that abundantly clear. <laughs> but these kids could maybe use some more boundaries. I well, feel comfortable sure. at least saying that. And then, I mean, to the, in act three of this with the mother on the porch. Yes. It's like, well, no shit. They're going to not know those boundaries that you mentioned. Like she's not even seemingly capable of that. She's nope. on your porch, literally crossing a boundary into your personal space. And again, went from zero to 80 after saying, after the renter saying, hi, can I help you? Yeah. I'm curious if the renter said it that way or if she was like, hi, can I help you? I wonder. You know, we are, we read the words on the email. We don't hear the, oh, well, I guess in this case we did hear the reenactment, but you know, because tone means a lot. Yep. Especially, and I will say, people in Boston or the greater area, they're strong-willed people. Mm-hmm. I, I love them for it, and I also am scared, scared of, them. of them for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I have one last question okay. before, I think, deliberation. Yeah, for sure. Does this couple, our protagonist and her husband, Rob, having a baby and a dog impact how you would respond if you were them? Fantastic question, because I for sure forgot about the baby and the dog. (laughs) Yes. Dog, yes. I guess less so than the baby, right? Like your baby's at home. You're trying to do everything you can to have a peaceful and uh, cultivated environment for their well-being. Safe. And safe, right? Huge, huge focus is keeping your baby safe. Like, come on. Um, And so... I mean, I don't think it needs extensive explanation. If, nope. if a rock is coming through your window, yep. there's the potential that that rock can come through a window and hurt someone, let alone your child. Yeah. Um, or if the boundaries of not knowing that you can't be on my porch don't exist, mm-hmm. the porch is very close to the front door. Yep. If you're disgruntled, someone could easily walk through the front door. Yeah. It's just scary. It's like everyone loves, and this is why like not having a comfortable living situation is so disruptive. It's like, well, then where else can you go to feel safe yeah, you, if not your fucking home? Right. And obviously this is, I mean, like I guess trespassing is technically a little, can't be criminal, but I'm glad it's like stopped at the porch, right? Because there are plenty of stories, movies mm. <laughs> where <laughs> it doesn't stop at the porch. They come into your house. So yeah. 
that's a good point. I yeah, I would think it's gonna influence my verdict. And the, and the only thing with, with the dog too, like I know it's a rescue dog. Oh, is like the dog makes me nervous for the kids yeah. that are coming on their property. Yeah. Like, you don't know, the dog could bite them. Like, sure. they might not know how to play with the dog. Everybody's got to go home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody go back to your houses. Agreed. This would be a really great situation for one of those signs that says, beware of dog. Uh-huh. And maybe, not to like be breedist, but like a breed that's a little bit more known for their protectiveness. Oh, yeah. So that mommy and daddy across the fence, or mommy in this case, will be like, there's a dog over there. Let's not go over there. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. <gasps> These kids. Are you ready to deliberate? I am ready to deliberate. We've got a few people to. We do. To, uh, or sorry, I'm ready to rule. Yes. Oh God, we're Excuse still learning. Guys. That's okay. Uh, it's part you of. You guys our, know what we mean. <laughs> it's part of our brand at this point. <laughs> um, time to rule. Time for a verdict. It's time for a verdict. Time to rule. And okay. I imagine we have a few people to tick through, right? Yes. <clears throat> Let's start with Daniel and Jessica. Are they guilty? Are these children guilty and sentenced to Petty Crimes Junior Court? I like how you verbally italicized children. Children. I have to say a little bit of both, right? (gasps) And I think that's just, if you let a kid do certain things and they're not, um, I'm not going to say punished, that's too hard. If they're not like coached away from doing it. They're still doing it. They're doing it. Eventually, it's not going to be at a space where it's your neighbor and it's controlled. It could be at school with another kid or a a teacher. It can be uh, at sports or whatever. All of a sudden, Um, you're tying your sneakers together and you're making somebody sing in front of the whole school. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. In which case, they now are responsible for the actions that they're performing outside of a safe place. Yep. And they're going to have to learn from someone else, a stranger even, that like there are consequences. But I will also say innocent because, like we said, I think most children are fairly innocent by nature and they're products of their environment. Mm. So they're, I think, just probably replicating behavior that they're used to in terms of lack of boundaries and maybe uh, like zero to 80 behavior, I'll say. So Daniel and Jessica, we're letting you off with a warning? For sure. Warning. And if they were in front of me, I'd be like, this could be a lot worse. We're letting you off with a warning. If you bring a rock. Yep. Into my house again. And if you bring another gas canister over the fence. Yeah, the gas canister. That's hilarious. And it's making me picture actually our neighbors at home, which is uh, just a very chaotic kind of environment. Really? Oh, for sure. And gas canister is like very on brand for that. <laughs> Such uh, a visceral image. Yeah. So, you know, we'll let them off the hook, but they definitely need to know that eventually being let off the hook is not going to be an option. Yeah. Yep. Okay. On to the dad, mm, the Rob. neighboring. Um, oh, no. Sorry. Nope. The, right. Well, yeah, let's let's go to Rob. Okay, Boston Is Rob. Rob guilty of anything? Boston Rob, by the way, it's a survivor throwback. Yes. Um I don't think so. I, like standing in the driveway asking for $40 and not forcing them to drive drunk. <laughs> Practical to me, baby. Yep. And a storm is a coming. A storm's a brewing. A storm's a brewing. You got to get you got to get that window covered. Yep. Boston Rob, you're perfect. Yep, innocent. And I think that was a strong and Yeah. strong way to approach it and he he got what he wanted. And right? how about our lovely protagonist, our submitter, guilty of anything? Self-reflectively for her, right, her? Mm-hmm. If she's acknowledging that maybe her or her friends have helped her acknowledge that maybe their tolerance for bullshit's a little low, mm. then I, I like that she's acknowledging it, maybe work to get back to happy medium with that, with all the past, like, living trauma, I suppose. So uh, not guilty for that, but, like, work on it. 
based on how she's written the email and the voice memo, yeah, I have to say innocent. It seems like it was approached very diplomatically and patiently. But everyone at a certain point has their breaking point. I don't think she broke in that video recording. Nope. I would have. But um, it's coming. The, just like the storm. Because there's no closure here. No. <laughs> don't you feel like the kids are going to be like on top of each other in a trench coat, like riding a mower through their front yard? Yeah. And uh, need we remind people they have access to gasoline. So let's, uh, yeah, we need a part four for this. And hopefully it's. Uh, I, I, I hope there isn't one. Me too. Because it's only going to escalate. But yeah, there's no closure here. Yeah. This is our most dangerous crime because it's, it's an active crime scene. Right? Yeah. With children. Children. But they're scary kids. This would be an interesting like, short story or something. Yeah, yeah. So for protagonist, I have to say innocent based on how they've presented themselves. Totes. I think everyone listening to this knows that presenting yourself is not always an accurate depiction. <laughs> so. Although in this case, I know her. She's so sweet. I think she is being accurate. I don't trust your judgment. That's so true. Yeah. So true. And you shouldn't. I've met some of your friends and they're all lovely. <laughs> there are some of them are my friends. Actually. And then finally, the big kahuna. Who? Mama neighbor herself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have, what, what's, what's the verdict on the old gal? <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Because it's hard to not trace the kid's behavior to some behavior maybe that you're yeah. exhibiting when they're with you. And uh, you stepped on the porch. I guess my uh, one quick question was, did the protagonist your friend ever and f- remind me if i forgot like talk to the mother about the kids not coming over or was it just like talking to the kids they did during the like yeah they did okay got it okay um then guilty i would have said if they had just spoken through the kids True. and expected them to pass it on to their mother like you gotta during the rock encounter rob specifically <laughs> said to the drunk parents exactly i remember uh guilty yeah, yeah. get the hell off my porch yep <laughs> Yep, that's that. This one, this one, ooh, I mean, stay tuned because I there might be updates on this case. Yeah, and I think our listeners like providing updates because sometimes these cases are ongoing, yeah. oftentimes. And, this uh, whole situation makes me very nervous. Yeah, right? Oh, it does make me nervous to have kids and to just, I don't know, own property. Yeah, the owning and the renting, you're just a renter. Totally. Layers to this shit player, mm-hmm. tiramisu. That was a good one. Thank you, Kira. Thank you. We're taking a quick break now before Crypto Minimal to let you know we have our first ever sponsor of the podcast. Thrive Market is an online shopping experience. You can shop everything from healthy pantry essentials to beauty products, sustainable meat and seafood even, all delivered right to your door. And if you find a price lower elsewhere, Thrive Market's got to match it. Ooh, you frugal poodles. Lucky you. So Thrive Market, they carefully vet every item and they're all very high quality. We both have ordered from Thrive Market. We love the experience. We love the recyclable packaging. We're stoked on this. You know what else I loved? The filtering option that they had in their shopping experience. They have like 90 plus filters. And so I particularly filtered for BIPOC products, queer founded products, vegan products. Yeah. It just really narrowed down what I was looking for and kind of ensured that I was buying products that align with my beliefs. Yeah, products with zero waste. Again, like the carbon neutral shipping. I mean, I think the thing that we like the most is that when you get a Thrive Market membership, they're sponsoring a family in need. And that's like, that makes this just the best sponsor we could land. Oh, for sure. We're so privileged to be able to shop online. It's nice to know that Thrive's giving back that opportunity for people that really need it. So when you buy a membership, they give one out for free. So yeah, yeah, pat yourself on the back and pat Thrive Market on the back. And join Thrive Market today, get $80 in free groceries. So go to thrivemarket.com slash petty, 80 bucks, free groceries, 
You Ooh, know what to do. That's thrivemarket.com slash petty. Ready for some Krimmerman? Let's do it. Cool. Kick us off. I got one for you. Criminal or minimal, fighting with your boyfriend of two years because he doesn't know your eye color. He said blue, but they are dirt brown. Oh, whoa. Blue v. Brown. Uh, <laughs> fighting with him. Oh, man. I think minimal. Yeah. I don't know that I know a lot of my friend's eye colors, but I don't know that I'm always... And I, sorry. I do know that I'm not waking up with them and hopefully romantically gazing into their eyes. So yeah. do better, boyfriend. Criminal. Yeah. You got a brown-eyed girl. Yeah. I mean, like, we look at each other doing this enough that I think if you weren't in the room, I'd be like, her eyes are also full of shit. <laughs> no, okay. They're really a pretty blue-green color. <laughs> what color are my eyes? They're black. Black. Yeah. <laughs> They're deep and soulless. <laughs> yeah. I think criminal. Like, Fair. and if anything, you've got to know that that's kind of something you have to check off in terms of, like, romantic things to know about your partner. Right? We yeah. know all, so much poetry, like... The color of your eyes reminds me of the blueness of the ocean. And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, just learn it. Yep. Really quick. Okay. <clears throat> Submitted by Rachel. Listener Rachel. Asking someone at the gym, how much longer will you be while waiting for a machine? Minimal. Crim- oh, yeah? Yeah. Por qué? Just. You, you just want to know. Yeah. You're just asking. Yeah. Don't put anything else on it. Quick part B to this. After they say. I'm waiting. I have this much longer. Hovering. Criminal or minimal? Hovering is criminal. Yeah. (laughs) In general, in life. Mm -hmm. No helicoptering. Yep. I agree. Criminal or minimal? Breaking up with your said boyfriend. This is a part two from the first Uh one. Breaking up with said boyfriend six months later because he didn't know my middle name. (laughs) It's Danielle. My father's name is Daniel. He (laughs) couldn't guess when I gave him a hint. He guessed Maria. (laughs) Two and a half years they're dating and he never learned her middle name. Oh, whoa. Two and a half years? Yes. Criminal. Yeah. What the heck? This person's living on another planet. They are so (laughs) non-observant. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking up with him. Good call. Yeah. Middle middle name's easy too. Like, yeah, hopefully he's found someone who's just as oblivious. (laughs) And hopefully she's found someone who's much more attentive. Yeah, like, right? She's really not asking for much. Yeah, my middle name and my eye color. I just need you to know some of the shit on my driver's license. <laughs> yeah. That is so funny that our eye color is on our driver's license. Yeah. That's so weird. Identifying. Yeah. Identifying. Because you can change your yeah. hair and you can change your clothes. You know that Hillary Duff song? But oh, you can't change your mind. I do. That's the way it goes. Oh, yeah. I'm more of a um, confetti song listen by uh, Hillary Duff. Later album... Iconic at the gay bars, kind of a sleeper hit. I'm, I mean. Next one. Submitted by listener Jay. And actually, this is a friend of mine who listens now. So criminal. And <laughs> yeah, for being Griff's friend. And this involves me. <clears throat> Asking someone to plant sit for you for four months during quarantine, but letting them use your car while you're away. You return and you have three parking tickets in your mailbox. Your friend asks you to split it 50-50 in paying the parking tickets. Is asking to split 50-50, in this case, criminal? Criminal. Yeah. Yeah. So Did you do this? I did. So my friend Jay went back to Vermont 
for quarantine for four or five months. I plant sat, stay at their lovely apartment and used his car for four or five months. And that obviously that very much influenced me getting a car because I was like, oh shit, this is nice. <sighs> when I was leaving to go home, I parked their car somewhere. It was not a bad parking job. It was a few inches away from the curb. And because I was gone for a month back on my family's farm, 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 it, it uh, accumulated three parking tickets across a month. I got back, saw it in the mail, messaged them. and was like, uh, I'll wait for you to open them. When he got back, three tickets. He offered to pay 50-50 because I had plants at. But I did feel guilty about that offering. But I was also... You should have paid for the parking tickets. Yeah. Even though I was watching their plants for five months? You're a criminal. Okay. And I know you know that in, in your heart of hearts and in the depths of your soulless eyes. You're a criminal. Jay, you got the answer you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you, so, you bringing yourself. Totally. Yeah. And next week I will bring a crime okay. a, of me. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. This one's been weighing on our friendship. So we'll see if it... Uh, our friendship continues after this verdict. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Until next time, stay petty. Stay petty, babies. 